Shut up. The foot is on Triple M. After a massive weekend of finals. Cracking finals. It is one of the great finals goals. You need a little recovery. Take over. I'm knackered. And Triple M footy has just the thing. So why not get in on the act? This is Triple M footy's Sunday recovery. There's a certain amount of rat bag in this room. He's up and about now. For Ray Hot Water and McDonald's. Triple M rocks finals footy. Yes, there certainly is a certain amount of rat bag in this room uh, today for the Sunday recovery. Triple M at Rocks Finals Football. I'm Jay Clark, and I'm joined by two of the best in the business, and they have had solid, solid weekends, I can tell by the looks on these boys' uh, faces. The 287 game of the two-time All-Australia is a Hall of Fame member of St Kilda. The number one analyst at Fox Footy, Lee Montagna. How are you? Hello, Jay-Z. It's fitting this is the Sunday recovery because yes. that's what it is. But uh, looking forward to chatting all things footy and what a week we've got coming up. I always admire your work ethic. You had the big catch-up with the Saints crew on uh, Friday night, your annual get-together. We'll get to get to that in a second. And, then, of course, you're up there at the Gabba to, to, uh, for Brisbane's preliminary final win over Carlton. We'll get to that in a second. But I look at this man. Not only was he the most electrifying uh, player the game has seen, Ross Lyons said he was the number one player in the game at a period. He could take mark of the year, kick goal of the year, and he's the Minister for Morale here at Triple M. Hello, Dale Thomas. Uh, g'day, gents. Great to be here on a Sunday. And I love looking at Joey just a little bit under the weather because this was me <laughs> yesterday. And when the horse bolts a week out from grand final and you're already dreading having to go to functions, not a good start. We need to be better. We need better planning. And I'm not sure what Milne's doing, planning your catch-up a week out from the biggest week in football in terms of functions. And drinking tins. Yeah, you got you got to pace yourself, you don't do. you? It's important. Grand final week. We've got Brownlow tomorrow night. We'll yes. get to that, and then you've got some functions Thursday, Friday. Of yes. course, the public holiday means people have functions on a Thursday as yep. well as the Friday, and Tuesday, then... and Wednesday. <laughs> <you> mean, dinners, <laughs> and then the grand final. So plenty happening. But um, you're right. I was at the Gabba last night, Jay Z, and mm-hmm. what I love being there in person. Like yeah. it was amazing. The Carlton supporters, Daisy. So thirty six thousand were at the venue, and there were seventeen thousand Carlton. So supported, good. and they were going bonkers. Yep. Like that first quarter, mm. it felt like a home game. Mm. And the Brisbane fans were stunned. They were sitting there like stunned mullets. They didn't know what to do. Carlton fans, though, they started getting a bit excited. They started thinking about, oh, this is real. This might happen. <laughs> Collingwood Carlton Grand Final. And then we'll chat about the game, but reality set in as the game went on. So what happened? Let's get straight to that uh, quarter time. So the Blues are going bananas, weren't they? Up, up by four or five goals. Charlie Gurnow's kicking him. Cripper's dominating in the middle. Matthew Cottrell kicked the first. And then it all changed at quarter time. What happened, Joey? Well, first of all, I want to give credit to Eric Hipwood, who kicked the goal before quarter time yep. because he had that set shot, and that was crucial because we sort of almost commented amongst ourselves, if he misses this, Daisy, that could really just, like, suck the air out of the venue mm. because it will be like, oh, no, you know, Hipwood's missed one from 30 out. But he went back and steeled himself and got them within back to four goals at, at quarter time. And then they started to turn the tide late in that first quarter. They started winning clearance. They started playing it on their terms. They're a forward half team. Started getting their pressure game elevated. Carlton weren't wasn't able to sustain it like they did in that first quarter. And then the other thing that Brisbane realised they didn't do in the first quarter was they were just kicking long. They were clearing their defensive 50, straight line bombs, weren't getting their uncontested mark going. So once they were able to control the game a bit, find their uncontested marks, build up, build the forward half pressure, they had the game on their terms. It was a cracking game of footy, wasn't it? The five goals that started it for the Blues and everybody, everybody was thinking, do we dare to dream? But to the Lions' credit, they were absolutely fantastic. The point you make about the Blues fans going up there, the Blues fans rocked up in numbers and they weren't disappointed. Yes, their side didn't win, but every Carlton player, the entire football club, from where they were mid-season to how they finished off the year, it's a massive season of growth for them. And even from last year. 
the heartbreak of not learning how to win through those last two games of the season. Winning's a learnt skill, and they've gone on and done that this season. Some big storylines to come out of it. We're going to speak about Lockie Neal's shoulder in a second. He's in a race, so he expected to play, but Jack Payne also in a race against time to be uh, come up from that ankle injury. The uh, Obviously, the Pies are missing. Dan McStay will talk about the restructuring of their forward line. Taylor Adams, you think, would still be doubtful with that hamstring. Is Johnny Noble a chance to come in, provide a bit more run? Lots of big storylines to get to in a second. But what we be tipping? Do you think Carlton can go all the way next year? Do you, oh. think, do you think they could? They've got the the Arsenal. Yeah, there's the no re- there's no reason why they can't win it next year. Yeah, they, they shouldn't should they? They should be expecting to again be a top four team and have another crack at. Now we understand there's a lot to play at, and you've got to be just a cont- you've got to be a top four contender. Mm-hmm. There's probably about eight teams right now that we think could be, but Carlton is certainly in that. As Daisy said, they've learned so much over the last couple of years. I think the leadership of Michael Voss. It was a great effort for them to come out and do what they did. That just showed a group that were confident in themselves. They weren't concerned about the occasion, a prelim away from home. They just hit the ground and threw the first punch, and that's a really strong sign. They couldn't sustain it, and we'll, we'll talk about Charlie Kern on a few players that maybe didn't have their best games, but plenty to like about next year and going forward. Well, let's get to Charlie Kerno because I think he um, that the microscope has certainly descended upon him because he said September he – he didn't fire, let's be honest. And that will burn with him over summer like it does um, a lot of players. But, but um, you know, how harshly do we hold that against him? You know, Harry Mackay stepped in, obviously, at the weekend and was busy early, kicked that important goal. But how harshly do we judge Charlie Kerno's performances on the big stage? Uh, again, it's going to be learning. If he had to come out and kick five every week, it would have been like, wow. And I think the expectation we had of him, because we've seen him do it in bigger games before, and he loves... And he looks like he's someone that will handle that big game pressure. It wasn't his worst games by yep. any stretch, but mm. it wasn't his best performance. Look, he'll be certainly better for that going forward. And I just don't think you can write a bloke off after three finals for the first time being there. Yeah, he just got beaten in three finals. Tom McCartan, Stephen May, and then Darcy Gardner, who we've got to give credit to. He played two games for the year, coming in from the VFL. To me, it looked like it was that was a real opportunity for Carlton. It looked like a mismatch because we've seen Charlie Kerno monster the best fullbacks in the competition. I was nervous for him early. Yeah, it, then it was, but he held up really well. Darcy Gardner, he was sensational. But you know, yeah, Charlie Kerno will be disappointed with his footy. He got beaten, but it doesn't diminish your reputation as a player or diminish the year that he had. You know I don't think. No, I don't think so. I mean, are we too play, harsh? Do we overemphasize the finals performances? Do we? Because we say your reputation is. You can enhance your reputation on the big stage. I think you can enhance your reputation. And we've yeah. seen players, I mean, Dustin's Dusty and Hodgie and these guys, and mm. Sam Walsh has probably enhanced his reputation. But mm-hmm. I don't know how harshly you diminish your reputation. I mean, there's you, we are talking about it before off air. How many players do we go, oh, we don't think they're as good a player because they had a bad final or a bad final series? There's not many names, big names that come to mind. We don't judge them based on purely their finals yeah, footy. Gary Rowan, but then he answered that, to be honest. I think yeah. late Leon Davis back in your time, he got dropped for the grand final, yeah. am I right? Played Dave? in the first one, didn't have a lot of impact, dropped for the then winning grand final. How but, was that for him? Uh, obviously, really tough. Heartbreak. But, yeah, heartbreak. And there's stories all throughout that uh, mm. Simon Prestigiacomo putting his hand up saying he wasn't available, so Nathan Brown could come in. I'm with Joey on this one. There might be a few players that, as a fan, you'd sit there and go, oh, I'm just not sure if he's yeah. you know, really cut out for it. But in terms of you know diminishing a reputation, I think that's a, a bit of furphy. You've both played in grand finals. What is this week? What is this week like for the players? I was just down at Collingwood then. People everywhere, kids, parents, and I sort of feel like they're they're soaking it up. There's there's no sort of lid or carry on, but I think they're just really enjoying this sort of week. How did you guys find? It? It's a fine line, isn't it, between soaking it all up but also focusing in on what you yeah. need to do because. 
you want to soak in the week. That's mm. the whole reason you play is to play in a grand final, to enjoy the week, to see all the fans wearing their jumpers and, you know, um, houses are going to be painted and people are going to come up and chat to you. You want to embrace all that. But at the same time, you need to focus in on what you've done for the other 26 weeks of the year and drill down your recovery and your preparation and all those sorts of things. So it is a balancing act. It certainly is. And the fact that you you just let your mind wander and it's hard not to, <laughs> and especially the closer you get to Saturday, you sit there and you have the thoughts of, Christ, if we win this, you know, mm. here we go. And then all of a sudden you get that little voice going, oh, but we, you know, we could lose it too. And then you straighten back up. Uh, the best part of it is, and the part that the clubs need to get right, is the preparation in planning for everything. So yep. Yep. having clarity from your Monday onwards, and then you can go and make the week as normal as possible when you're still a little bit scattered or, you know, you've got people ringing you for tickets mm. and your family's asking questions. If you get that right, it goes a long way to winning. Because it. it is different, isn't it? You've got yep. the tickets that they've got to organise. You've got open training sessions. You've then got the grand final parade, mm. which it all comes into it. I mean, even grand final, your warm-up times are different. I remember one year we had to warm up in the car park because the pre-game entertainment's yep. on. Yep. So all those sorts of things are different. So you've just got to be able to get your get your head around it. But um, it's certainly a big thrill for these players. So your grand final morning, Joey, you were housemates with Justin Kajitsky. That's you're, right. You're staring yeah, over your bowl of special We did say that at the breakfast. I remember sitting there with Cozzy and just looked at him and said, is your breakfast going down all right? And he said, no. Nope. I said, yeah, mine neither. <laughs> and you just start to get those little tingles and the butterflies in the in the tummy, but that's all part of it. And as Daisy said, the reality is for these players, in six days' time, it's either going to be the best day of their life yep. or the, the worst day of their football life. Yeah. And you don't know what it is, but you've got to put yourself out there. You've got to take the risk. To get that to get that reward, knowing that it could be one of the hardest days you're going to cope with cop as a as a player. What did you think when Lockie Neal hurt his shoulder last night? He's got the I think we call it a stinger. I'm still not quite sure what a stinger is, but it's what we it's what happens <laughs> when, you, when it just got, starts to go out. Well, he be he will play. Yeah, oh, I got a little scoop for you. Just at the airport coming mm-hmm. back today, I just um Lockie Neal's dad came over and said hello. Come and introduced himself and had a chat. Robbie Neal, Mr. Nice, Neal, Mr. Neal, nice fella and. He's given up secrets. And I asked about Lockie. I asked about Lockie's shoulder, and yeah. he said he had Brecky with him this morning. He said, yeah. "No, nah, he'll be fine because he's be had done. he's had the surgery. You might yeah, know where it's it. where the, it's already tied up. So they said it can't come out. It's right. not so. There's no sublux. It was just a, a bit of pain that he sort of has a little bit and has often. But he said he can get his arm above his head, and he said, "Don't worry, he'll be playing. He'll be he'll be he'll be, he'll be there." there. First thoughts in this grand final, boys. I mean, Collingwood fans would be going bananas. They've been the, the team to beat all year, largely. They play a Brisbane side who have got to the preliminary final stage, haven't been able to get past it. They're going to do it this year. They're going to come to a venue where they haven't won a whole lot. They beat Melbourne in a semi-final last year, but that MCG hoodoo story is going to be a big narrative. Collingwood rightfully the favourites for this one? Well, rightfully the favourites is probably a a big call. I would have nearly had a toss of a coin purely for the fact – well, the Pies have not been underwhelming, but they've fallen in in two of their games. They completed that last four minutes in the most professional manner you're ever likely to see against the GWS Giants. Yes, the Lions were questioned and they had it up there, and obviously uh, the travel factor back to Melbourne is probably the biggest concern from the the market perspective, but – I think that this should just be an absolute cracker at all. The weather's going to be unbelievable. They're the two best sides that were in the finals for mine. And I know the fairy tale of Carlton Collingwood would have been good, but I reckon Collingwood fans would have been happier playing Carlton than they would have coming up against mm. the Brisbane Lions. So what is interesting, having a quick look, is under Craig McRae, Collingwood have played Brisbane three times, lost all three occasions. Ooh. So the first thing I want to be able to do early this week is go and have a look and try and see why Brisbane have got the wood over Collingwood. What is it about the way they play? Is it they play a bit more of a controlled game and it doesn't necessarily become a chaos game that Collingwood want? Is it Brisbane's ability when they turn the ball over to score? Because they are the best team in the comp when they turn the ball over at scoring. Is that maybe Mm. the Achilles heel of Collingwood that they've exploited? 
So we'll have to have a look at that early in the week. But I think Collingwood deserve to be favourites. I think the MCG factor, playing at home, mm-hmm. is, is a big advantage. And you touched on Brisbane's record. I'm not going to go too far back because they were not a good team for a long time. And I'll go the last two years. They've played six games at the MCG. They're one and five. But the concern is they average 103 points against. Mm. So they can't defend the MCG. So when you look into it, the Gabba is actually one of the smaller grounds in the competition. People don't people don't think that or we don't talk about it like we do the SCG, but it's actually quite um, lengthwise and a bit narrower than the MCG. So is it harder to defend? Remember there was a lot of talk about Geelong for a number of years. Mm. They could defend Cadinia Park mm. and then they couldn't get it done on the MCG just because you've got more, you know, more land space to be able to have to guard. So I don't know whether that's a factor, but certainly MCG is going to help Collingwood. So is Collingwood going to make the ground big? Are they going to stretch it to the boundary line? Well, I think they do that regardless yeah, with yeah. the manner in which they play. They try and have their wingers spread wide and whether or not you go with them, if you do, they open up the corridor. If you don't, they get used. And we've seen the impact that their wingers have had. It just shapes up to be an absolute cracker, as you say. The Pies having to figure out how to beat the Lions, but also then the Lions trying to figure out how to defend an MCG. Yep. Hopefully this is a high-scoring affair and just an old-school shootout. 27 degrees. Oh, that's going to favour Brisbane. If it, if it actually is hot, won't it? It'll probably oh. favour the Brisbane Lions players who have been training in it for the last few weeks, yep. um, where Collingwood maybe you know might might affect them a little bit. It's going to be interesting. We want to talk about the Collingwood forward line next because Dan McStay, who is significant Ooh. early, taking a big couple of clunks, he's going to be out with a high-grade medial strain. So that is going to be a big change to their structure. We're going to talk about their win over the Giants. <laughs> The Giants did not lose any admirers in that performance. The deceit Toby Green bawling his eyes out with his partner and his mum after the game was absolutely heartbreaking. We have loved his year, right? We're going to be talking about the Pies next with Dale Thomas, Lee Montagna. I'm Jay Clark. That's coming up on the Sunday Recovery. Triple M rocks finals football. This is Triple M footy Sunday Recovery. For Reem Hot Water at McDonald's, Triple M rocks finals footy. Yes, it certainly does. This is the Sunday Recovery Triple M Rocks Finals Football. We've got Jay Clark, Lee Montana, and Dale Thomas here. Guys, we're just talking off air about the emotion of grand finals. And you both experience losses and the incredible scenes inside the locker room where there was 22, you know, 25 players and your coach, your assistant coaching staff, <clears throat> digesting that loss. What was it like, Daisy? you got your family there, your mum's there. It's genuine heartbreak because you, you put so much into it and I don't think until the moment comes where you actually realise that that opportunity's gone and they are and the more you play and the longer you go, the, you understand that these opportunities are few and far between. And then to get to you know, post-game, you walk in the rooms and it, and the full emotion, the bubble has been completely deflated. Mm. It's hard not to you know, lose you genuine shit. You start crying, and <laughs> and when you know you were talking about Ross, you know Mick Moldhouse is up there saying how proud he is and tearing up, and yeah. you lose it. And then you go and see your family who are trying to put on a brave face for you and get emotional talking about it now, and then you just all lose it all together again. Yeah. So it genuinely sucks. And as we saw with Toby Green, you know yeah. that was a prelim final because he knows how hard it is to be in these positions to get through. They're one point away mm. from again putting yourself out there to try and get the ultimate, which is what we all play for. He has the snap side bottom marks the line. That's right. So remember these players, that, that their whole life goes into to trying to win that premiership. So when it gets taken away from you so close, it does, it hits. And you, in somewhat weird way, you go through more emotional experiences and a roller coaster with your teammates than you, sometimes you do with your, your partner or families. Like you go and experience the highs and lows of life with these same same mm. group of people. Mm. You have this bond and 
It is quite emotional and hard to yeah hard to process in the moment. Take us back two thousand and nine. Ross Lyons up there talking. What's yeah, his, well, what's he, he saying? It was same as what Daisy said. He, after we got beaten by a kick, you know, nine. He spoke about just how proud he was of the group and, and those sorts of things. And then once someone starts to quiver and start to cry, the rest of the whole team. I've, I've got a, it's etched in my memory of twenty two grown men in the room, sort of all crying and mm. having a moment where you're just realizing and letting a, the loss process of, of what you've missed out on. But that, that tight knit. See, I mean, you experienced that then. What is it? Fifteen years on, nearly Friday night. You're all yeah. at the pub. You're all forty year old grey yeah, men. And we're now. all we're all got a bond because we all achieve. You know, we all went to what we sort yeah. of went to to work together as a group, and we've got a bond. Now we don't have the premiership medallion, but we've got the the respect and uh, and the admiration of each other for for giving it our all. Interesting choice though, to pick a Collingwood pub to have. Yeah, you it was a bit unusual <laughs> to go to Abbotsford in the heart of Collingwood, but that's was that Milne again? Yeah, Milne <laughs> organised that one. Milne's <laughs> O from two. On the flip side, Daisy, you won it. Do you remember the three or four days after the um, the 2010 <laughs> Premiership? Oh. Did you absolutely send it? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. But again, it's the the reverse, obviously, mm. but also still emotional because you even got your family. Your friends, you know, I was lucky enough to have um, some family, really close family friends in there. These people have been on the journey since you're 14, 15, 16 years of age. Yep. And, you know, they ride the highs, obviously the lows as well. So to sit there and then to celebrate with them, it, it almost becomes more than just the 22. It's mm. you're grateful and thankful for everyone who's got you to that position for you to have the chance to live your dream, which it is as a kid, is to stand on grand final day and get the medal. But there's so many people that are a part yeah. of that to make it happen. Swanee, Dids, Jono. Yeah. What's the, what's the <laughs> balance? I want to know. I want to know. What's the balance between yeah. after you win one of just trying to just have just getting polex and having four of the best days of your life, yeah. but also wanting to not be too where you can just like take it in enjoy and it. actually absorb yeah. and enjoy yeah. it, being present. Is I there know, a balance? I, I know there's. You know, we have to be you know, talking responsibly. Of course, of course and everyone to. should yes. do that. Yes. Uh, However, no, there wasn't a whole lot of consideration put to it. I remember we, we got a minibus that picked us up from Tramp at 10.30 because we had to go back to get presented at 11 o'clock. The dark Swanee and Jono were jumping into the Yarra for a swim. It was, the, the lid was well and truly off. But you do. You run the town for the next six months. Until yeah. footy starts back up again, you yes. can go anywhere and do near on anything. It's a, a wonderful time to be a premiership player in Melbourne. <laughs> those photos of you got the peroxide hair and those big dark Peroxide sunnies. hair. Oh, I had one phone because I blew a plugger and I wasn't going back for it. <laughs> oh, so good. Right, let's get to the pies. It's like, honestly, this final series has been off its head. They get up by a point. Those last four or five minutes, guys, as Collingwood grimly tried to hang on to that lead. That's oh. as tense a football yep. As mm. I have experienced, stoppage after stoppage, the high stakes are enormous. I mean, and, and Collingwood has one coming from behind, right? You know, caution to the wind. This was a different script, Joey. And I, how much do you admire him for being able to pull that off? Because they have trained these, they are the scenario masters. Well, they are. So it was Craig McRae's, I think, 50th game as coach. 15 of them have been decided by one kick or less. So Amazing. every third game that Craig McRae's coach is a one, a mm. one kick game. So they have been in that, and they've won twelve of the fifteen. Yeah, like it's it's phenomenal. We're chatting, Daisy. They executed that last five minutes perfectly to not even concede a score, even just a point. They did not concede anything. They did it perfectly. And the practice is where it all comes down to the scenario training that you do, and at times you think's monotonous and not really worth it to go out and execute for four and a half minutes to not give up a score. You tap the ball when close, you get extra numbers in there. You sit on it. Obviously, GWS are trying to win the game, so they're manipulating numbers and trying to get it outside the bubble, how you react to that, even down to the last play of the game where it went wide. You yep. kick that forward, it's coming back the other end. You go wide. Dacos gets it, kicks up the line. If that ball isn't marked by Hoskin Elliott, it goes out as well. They have to defend the whole ground. So their ability to do that is it shouldn't be surprising. 
Mm. Even when they're coming from behind, you can see the clarity the players have. Yes. That's why they're able to kick two or three goals clarity. in a hurry. And then the clarity they have in this scenario of holding on to a game, it was an absolute masterclass mm. of coaching and preparation. Mm. But you're right, Christ, it was tight. <laughs> Craig McRae's got to be knocking years off his life. <laughs> he just needs like a five goal, just <laughs> five, six goals so he can sit and enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, amazing by Collingwood. So, again, it's funny. We'd sort of – and I spent, as an analyst, looking at the numbers and their style, and it's Mm. not really stacking up with the very best teams in the competition, but they keep winning. Mm. And we spoke about it leading into the game. You said it. Because what they do is they just find a way. So whether it's trailing at three-quarter time, whether it's, you know, holding on to a lead, whether it's starting well, whether it's kicking five goals in 15 minutes like they did in the third quarter, for me that was – that was a huge moment because they hadn't kicked a goal, Daisy, for 60 minutes. Yep. From midway through the first quarter yeah. to midway through the third quarter, they hadn't kicked a goal. Yep. Giants were three goals up. And everyone watching that would have been thinking, Giants are in control of this mm-hmm. game. They are playing. They're on top. And then within 15 minutes, Collingwood kicked five goals yep. out of their eight. And you're like, and all of a sudden, game's on their terms. Mm-hmm. And, and they were the one in, in the strong position. It was incredible how they were able to do that. Talking of a coaching masterclass too, you got to tip your cat to Adam, uh, your cap to Adam Kingsley. Yeah. He's hard to tip a cat. but uh, Yeah, well, you could tip one and just probably <laughs> spill some milk. Um, the fact that he was able to give Collingwood a different look, especially early. We all expected them mm. to get high up the ground and then they come flying back, Pagan's Paddock style. He had two players sitting out the back. The two tools were always out the back of mm. the Collingwood defenders. So you could see a little bit early, Darcy Moore, Nathan Murphy, not sure whether they stretch the ground mm. and there's a hole in between or they come up and press. And a few times they got through. So just little things like that that gave the Pies a different look was why the Giants were in front by the three-goal margin they were. McStay out, six to eight weeks with a high-grade medial strain. He was important early, taking a couple of big clunks. How do they restructure this forward line? The two options I see, they bring in Ginevan, go smaller, more mobile, or do they bring in Frampton and send Howe forward or, you know, go go for that sort of another third mobile target? Which way do you think they'll go for the granny? For me, I'd go small. I think that um, I don't think that was like Harry Mackay chat the week before when he didn't play. Go a bit smaller. I don't think it's an issue. I think they've still got Mycheck and Mason Cox can provide the, the, the aerial targets. Mm-hmm. Jamie Elliott plays a bit taller anyway, can mm. be that traditional full forward and then fill the team with the guys that have done the job, McCreary yeah. and and uh, Bobby Hill and, and all these players in the front half to get to work. I think very rarely do we see Tolls win grand finals for teams, do mm. we, having big moments. So I think they go smaller. Yeah, ability to apply pressure in your forward half and keeping the ball in there, that's the the thing that you give yourself not only the opportunity to score the first time, but then you change the structure behind the ball. So if it goes out, the mm. chance of scoring again goes up every time. I'd be going small ball as well and trying to set someone for a role in Harris Andrews so he doesn't, not just intercept, but just bring it to ground, give yeah. yourself a chance. And so they got my check and Cox, obviously. But Ginevan, he, he, there's something, something else with him, right? He's the got that gin. spark. He's a fire star. <laughs> probably feel he'd like grand final day. Yes. Yeah. He'd probably like the moment. You were, you were similar in that <laughs> moment, Daisy. And I know Collingwood was so structured at your peak in 2010. But tell us about your um, instinctiveness. Did you have a bit of a license to play the moment on its merits and do things that Potentially, a lot of other players could not. Well, Mick Moldhouse just used to say, "You've got tram tracks, and you know, your Alan Didax, your Leon Davis's tram tracks were out here. And if you were Alan Tuvey, as I use a lot, his were pretty close together. But that, <laughs> it, but that becomes predictable. That you know, awesome. if you get if you know you're near him, you're going to ha- he's going to handball it to you, yep. or if you, no one's around him, he's just going to boot it long in Trav's direction. So, uh, the moment itself, in terms of playing in big stages, I was always of the mindset of this is what you've dreamed about as a kid. This is what you've sat in the backyard, you know, going, oh, you know, five points down. Oh, you've given him another kick because you miss it or whatever it is. (laughs) You loved it. But I I did. I walked out and said, you know, I'm just going to enjoy this. This is what you've worked every, you know, 
hour of the day for for so many years. Yep. And if it doesn't go right, it all goes tits up. Well, mm. you've been lucky enough to make it here. Mm. Oh, fantastic. We love watching you play, Daisy Wright. We have got Ryan Lester coming up. Ooh. Important defender for the Brisbane Lions. Obviously, 16-point winners over Carlton. They will progress through to the grand final against Collingwood. What a story the Lions are. Chris Fagan, what a year he's had. Been unbelievable. And they held their nerve at quarter time after the early avalanche from the Blues. Ryan Lester coming up next. I wonder how long it took him to get to sleep last night. Yeah. Coming down. Oh, you sit up for hours. You're buzzing for that long. We'll ask him. My bottle of Shiraz might have helped. Responsibly. Lee Montagna, Dale Thomas, when he's speaking to Ryan Lester. Lester from the Brisbane Lions. Get the word out of the camp. That's coming up next on the Sunday Recovery. This is Triple M Footy Sunday Recovery. For Reem Hot Water and McDonald's, Triple M Rocks Finals Footy. Uh, it certainly does. Triple M Rocks, finals footy, and what a September it has been so far. Welcome back to the Sunday Recovery with Liam Montagna, Dale Thomas, and Jay Clark. Right, joining us on the line now, he's uh, one of everyone's favourites at the Brisbane Lions. Been plugging away nicely for a long time and is into the grand final against Collingwood on Saturday. Going to be a beautiful 27 degrees at the MCG. Thanks so much for joining us, Ryan Lester. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you for uh, coming on, mate. Tell us, take us into the quarter time huddle. So, uh, Carlton have piled <laughs> on four or five girls, goals early. I think every kip would just kick the little steadier. Fags comes to the group. What happened? Uh, nah, as he actually said in his press conference, he didn't um, he didn't lose the plot or anything. Um, look, we just couldn't get territory in that first quarter, and obviously Carlton were red hot with their pressure. Um, I think they had 22 inside 50s or something like that. Um, so we couldn't get territory. We couldn't win a contest. And as defenders, we weren't able to sort of shift the ball at all because, you know, we were defending so deep. So um, it was about getting that up and going a bit. We needed to win clearance. Um, and then I think the attitude was sort of like if we can kick two or three goals this quarter um, and slowly peg the game back. And as it turned out, we were able to um, do that quite quickly in the second quarter, which is probably you know, one of the strengths of this group is that we can score really quickly and, um, you know, whatever position we find ourselves in, we can sort of fight back from. Hey, congratulations, Ryan, making a grand final. You're right, mate. The defenders were under all sorts of pressure early. I thought Harris Andrews was enormous, particularly in that yeah. first quarter with the ball coming down like it was. But we were just talking before the break. What time did you get to sleep last night? How long were you buzzing for? How long did you sort of sit up? Did you have a glass of red to, to calm down? What was it like last night and waking up this morning? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, you're 100% right. Um, yeah, I was probably up till, I don't know, 1 o'clock maybe. Um, I've got uh, my dad and my brother up at the moment, so um, we just sort of sat up and watched the end of the rugby league. And then, um, yeah, I was I was answering a thousand text messages as well, <laughs> as you guys would know, yeah. um, which is great. Like, you want to be able to share these moments with your friends and family. Um, uh, so, yeah, and then today I've got two young kids, so... Straight back into uh, parenting, um, which is all right because it keeps you busy and gives you something to do. Um, but, yeah, I'm just very much looking forward to this week and everything that comes with it. I think Fags sent us a text before about, um, you know, making sure we enjoy it because it's one of the best weeks as a footballer to be involved in. So, um, yeah, it's going to be great. Do you know what the week looks like? Have the club sat you down yet? Obviously, I assume you'll have a Brownlow function up there now. You won't be coming down yeah. for it, uh, parade and whatnot. Uh, we've sort of slowly got details. So we got an email just before regarding, um, you know, flights for f- friends and f- um, for family members. Um, 
and then I believe tomorrow we'll get more information around, I don't know, functions leading up to the game and after the game and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, as you guys know, obviously there's a few different things this week, which is um, exciting. It certainly is. What about, we're touching on Harris Andrews, but what about Kadeen Coleman's game mm. last night? He was unbelievable. Yeah. A quote in yeah. your paper today, today, Jay-Z, say? Found the middle more than Brian Lara from Sammy Landsberger. <laughs> what a line. <laughs> How good was he down there? You got to see it firsthand. Yeah, he's got he's got a lovely kicking style on him, Kitty. Um, and for me, like, I had to play on deconing it a little bit at times, and um, obviously he's been in great form in terms of his run and jump at the ball, and Kitty was able to sort of stand in the hole a couple of times and take intercept marks, and then from there, obviously, he's a great ball user. So um, I, th- I think that's one of the strengths of the team is that um, we probably don't rely, or I don't feel like we rely on three or four guys that have to be our best players every week. Um, you know, in the first week of finals, Cam Rayner stepped up and he was he was enormous, and and this week Kitty was probably the one for us. So um, yeah, he played really well and. Um, it was great to be alongside him. Speaking to Ryan, Froggy Lester did a great job in the Lions. 16-point win over Carlton, the preliminary final yesterday up there at the Gabba. Going to be a big story around Jack Payne this week, uh, Ryan. With yep. that ankle injury, are you expecting him to get up? Because uh, Darcy Gardner, excellent in his shoes on um, Charlie Kernow yesterday. Yeah, Diz did awesome. Um, and... You can probably see why he's been keeping me out of a spot for the last three or four years because he can just come in and, um, you know, play on Charlie Kerner, who's uh, the Coleman medalist. So, um, yeah, he did a great job. Um, in terms of Payne, I know he made great progress from when he first ran on Tuesday to Thursday this week just gone. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I can't make a call for you, and I'm obviously not going to make a call for you. But um, Fags sort of – I know Fags mentioned that he – he was reluctant to bring in guys who were injured or underdone into the into the final. So, um, you know, Jack will probably have to make some um, significant progress from what he was doing last week. But, yeah, I wouldn't say it's out of the question at all. Yeah, well, that'll be the big talking point. Jay-Z will be all over it. Hey, you kicked the goal too last night. Mm. Right, the first time in about six years, mate, and since 2017, drifted down. And I was at the ground. How good was it when... After you kicked the goal, you had to go all the way back to the goal square at the defensive end, and you got a standing ovation from the Brisbane supporters. It must have been nice. It was. I was um, as I was sort of going back to the goal square. I was trying not to smile and trying to pretend as if I was um, serious. Cool. That happens all the time. But, um, yeah, nice old strut up, right? Yeah, I don't know. It just sort of fell to me, and yeah, chucked it on the boot, and it went through, and um, the boys loved it. So it was good. Do you get a song? We know that Charlie's oh, yeah. got the John Denver number. Do you get a song or wasn't quite prepared for it? <laughs> no, I did put in a song. I uh, I was You're the Voice by John Oh, Parker. yes, that oh, was. That's treat. right. It was great. That yes. did buzz around the ground. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I was. we all pick out, obviously, as has been mentioned, we pick out songs at the start of the year. So I was trying to think of something <laughs> that uh, I don't mind sort of karaoke to and um, the crowd might sort of get involved in and, that was what I went with, but yeah, we weren't expecting to hear it, but got to go over it last night. It is pretty cool when Charlie Cameron uh, kicks it and then the whole uh, crowd sings that. Uh, well, the they Johnny keep Denver's singing out. even once yes. the music stops. Yes. It's become a thing now. So It's a nice old atmosphere. Hey, Ryan, thanks so much for joining us, mate. Fantastic win yesterday and absolutely all the best of luck in Saturday's grand final. Going to be 100,000 people there, bright sunshine. Going to be an absolute beauty. 
No worries, guys. Thanks very much. Very hey, much. Well, no, good luck, mate. Hey, and just remember Brownlow tomorrow night, round nine. I've got a mate who's mad Brisbane supporter. He yeah. reckons Ryan Lester's a chance to poll a Brownlow vote. I had a look. You've polled one in 2017, Ryan, but yeah. round nine against the Bombers. <laughs> what happened? He plays an awesome game. He's in the coaches' votes. He's a chance yes. for a Brownlow medal vote. Uh, so are you going to be sitting yeah. there getting ready for that? <laughs> well, yeah, it's my only chance. So <laughs> the heart rate might go up just slightly, but I'm. I really would be very surprised if I got a vote. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, good on you, Ryan. Right, coming up next, we're going to get to the Brownlow, Joey. Who's going to win? Nick Dacos. It could be a real cliffhanger as uh, Bontempelli and Zach Butters in the chasing pack. See if they can reel him in. Maybe a bit of trade news as well. That's coming up next on the Sunday Recovery. This is Triple M Footy Sunday Recovery. For Reed Hot Water and McDonald's, Triple M Rocks Finals Footy. Yes, it certainly does. Triple M Rocks Finals Footy. Welcome back to the Sunday Recovery. We've got a little bit of a dusty Lee Montagna and Dale Thomas is looking forward to doing his best work for the Brownlow medal red oh. carpet tomorrow night. Daisy, you got your suit worked out. you got hair and makeup at about midday to get all worked Shredded. Up. He's shredded. That's for one thing boxing. I'm looking for. I'm going to have that much food on Tuesday. <laughs> I haven't eaten for eight weeks just so I didn't look like Shrek again next to M. Friedman. You are dealing with Emma, who we absolutely love here at uh, Triple M. So what's going to happen in this count, guys? Because it's shaping up as an absolute Whoa. beauty. I think Nick Dacos polls in round 16, 17, and another three votes in round 18. He dominates Frio at the MCG on a wet old day, Joey. And then he's got to hang on for dear life as Marcus Bontempelli, Zach Butters, maybe Christian Petrarca, try and reel him in. How do you think it plays out? Oh, I think exactly as you just said. It feels like it's inevitable that he's not going to poll in the last six weeks. We know that yep. with Nick Dacos. So how big of a lead is he going to have with six weeks to go? Yep. And then who can come home and nip him in the bud? Because Bontempelli, after a little dip, regains form late in the year. Yep. Zach Butters, who has a patch through the middle. So watch Butters between mm. rounds, I think, five and 12. Mm. He could poll seven or eight best on grounds. And yep. then he has another patch at the end of the year. And Petrarca is so consistent that he also will get votes late in the season. So can any of them either catch Nick Dacos, go past him, or can we have our first tie since 2003? I think so. Bontem, I think it'll all be tied up going into the last round. Yeah. And I think Bontempelli will be waiting for the game down at Geelong where yes. the Western Bulldogs won. Adam Trelaw had 33 kicked two. Libba had 32 kicked one. In a losing side, Isaac Smith had 36 of one and the Bont had 31 no goals. So it could all come down to that a one, waiting two or on three. the one voter because I don't think it'd be three or two, waiting for one vote and then heartbreak if an Izzy Smith or someone takes it from you. Dogs win by 24 oh. points in that game down at the Cattery. But they're um, really the only big – they're the big four. I don't think anyone yeah. else can win it, Lockie having Neal. a good look at it. Lockie Neal will poll well. He always does. He, he had a year where he probably had, again, probably eight best on grounds. Yep. You're going to need, I think, 30 votes is probably the number. I yep. reckon 30 is where it will be at. So Lockie Neal will be around the mark. Um, I'm not sure if there's any other sort of – Are you happy to come with me on a tie? Yeah. I'm I, going three-way, but – Yeah, you've said a tie. You've been saying it from a long way out. Is it going to be two, or do you think we could have a three-way? I way? honestly think we could have three. Oh, a chance. Yeah. How much does Nick Dacos need to be leading by at round 18, Joey? How many votes – what's the buffer that he oh, needs? six. Yeah, four to, I had him at that stage four to six votes in front of mm-hmm. Bontempelli. Yeah. And as Daisy said, Bontempelli will poll somewhere between – Four and six votes in the last few rounds. It just depends on whether it's four, five, six, maybe seven. But 
Yeah, it's going to be a brilliant count. Can't keep, wait. Keep an eye on Swan Errol Goulden, who's going to come home uh, with a wet sail as well. I think he might dominate or poll the most votes. I think in the last eight rounds. Keep He'll, an eye if yeah. keep an eye if Peter Dacos goes to the Brownlow and the Channel Seven cameras crossing to Peter Dacos every yes. time Nick polls votes. That yes. would be actually very <laughs> just fun. Just an ISO cam. Imagine if Peter Dacos does it like a drinking game every time Nick Nick gets votes. <laughs> we love Peter. Yeah. <laughs> He's a beauty. He's a he, your favourite player, Joey. Yep. Um, is it a fun night? For the players, tell her take us on the table. No, well, the Collingwood players up and the Brisbane players, absolutely not. You've yeah. got bigger things to worry about. Did you guys enjoy it? Uh, yeah. If you've got someone, <laughs> was, if was that got, believable? Yeah. If you've got someone in contention, I yeah. reckon it's a fun night. But yeah. Um, I think the yeah couple when you're playing grand final week, it's yeah you don't even want to be there. You just want to get straight out and home. But if your season's finished and you've got a, a teammate mm-hmm. that is a chance, yeah. Um, it is a bit of fun. What people don't understand is a lot of it is purely for TV. So you have to get there really early so you're like not eating five, throughout. 5.30 yeah. or something. And you get yeah. fed once you get in so you're not eating and there's not the clunking of yeah. knife and forks throughout the yeah. count and whatnot. So um, it will be an awesome coverage and make sure you start watching very early for uh, mm. the big show. on the Red Show. <laughs> but drinks don't come out as freely as you like either. When, when they go to an ad break, it's a quick scramble to try and get the yes. waitress to come over and bring a, a, a table of drinks. Oh, I did a thing for Crown and the amount of numbers, it was something like 16... 100 glasses of uh, will be used throughout the mm. night, just of wine glasses. And the amount of staff that's on is absolutely phenomenal. It is a big operation, Brownlow Night. You need to slip one of them 50 bucks so they keep Yes, coming. you do. You've got, you got to charm one of them really early to keep coming over to your table. And by charm, you mean pay. <laughs> Everyone gives them 50 bucks. They'll keep coming back. Don't worry about that. Hey, uh, trade, um, the trade news is really starting to fire up, guys. It's just around the corner. The grand final finishes. It gets to Sunday, and that is where the attention turns. Because there's only two. Two, two supporter bases now that care about the grand final. Everyone else is thinking, how can our team get better for yep. next year? And the big news over the past 48, 72 hours has been at Essendon, where they've landed the big fish defender they needed in Benny Mackay from uh, North Melbourne. I suspect it'll um, secure North Melbourne pick three in compensation. Wow. I reckon the salary is around about 750 maybe a touch under 800 Whether the AFL just gives it a little... Um, a little bit of liquor cream to try and get that pick three to keep North Melbourne happy. Um, that will be interesting. They have applied for a special assistance compensation package. I think maybe pick 10 or 11 is potentially where that might land. So keep an eye um, on that, uh, Joey. But at Essendon, so they've got Ben Mackay. I think they'll get Jade Gresham as well across from St Kilda to bolster that forward half. And Toddy Goldstein, I think, might be the third um, player in that triumvirate. Um, and they all cost nothing. As, mm. as free agents, the Bombers play two Ruckman with um, Andrew Phillips retiring. Maybe a Toddy Goldstein comes in to partner Sammy Draper there. So the Bombers have done some good work in this space before, but haven't been able to win finals. What do you think of this move? How much does it help or amplify the Bombers' chances next year? I think it's a big chance for Ben McKay to establish himself as one of the best defenders in the competition. There's still he a, that now? Well, no, he's not right now. As it stands, he's a competent defender in a side that, Good luck being a defender in with the way the ball comes. Going to a better team and a little bit of expectation and pressure. We've seen the size of him and what he can do at his best. If he can close that gap, mm. he can be a pivotal role in what the Bombers are going to do going forward. Yeah, he had a good period. I think it was about 18 months ago where he was averaging like five intercept marks a game for a mm. period of about six or eight weeks mm. and did establish himself. This year it looked like a player that sort of half-checked out, yeah. knew that he wasn't going to be at the club. Mm-hmm. I think he can get back to his best. I think it's a good get for the yeah. Bombers. Jade Gresham, of course, got talent as a small forward. Um, if that does pan out, I think he's going to be lively in the forward 50. Probably takes it, you know, Tip and Woody, who was someone similar, yeah. could kick 30 goals and create a bit of havoc. The yeah. Goldstein one, I'm sort of not sure about. Sure. Like, which one plays forward? Is Draper a forward? Todd Goldstein, we've seen, is not really 
The competent Draper. forward. Draper plays forward. Draper forward. I think he's a good mate of Benny Mackay's as well. So yeah. maybe as a um, – not a stable pony, but just a good mate of his to help keep him company there yeah. at, um, at the Bombers. I think um, Toddy wanted to play on. Bit of a fresh challenge, maybe go. Collingwood's also interested. So, and he could win a premiership potentially if he goes to the Magpies. Eston probably not there yet. So that'll be interesting. Is it, What about Hawthorne? They haven't been able to jag one. Missed out on Asava. Missed out on Benny Mackay despite coming late. Liam Henry, who they wanted, has gone to St Kilda. Would they be disappointed with the way things have panned out? I know they've got a lot of salary cap room. Why wouldn't they be going to the Hawks? I think at the moment it's probably better prospects elsewhere. Mm. The Bombers, I would say, are closer to a flag than the Hawks. Are they? Port Adelaide as well when you're going for a Radigalia. So I think you sort of have to bide your time a little bit in mm. trying to either sweeten the deal to get players across. But if they do have all that cash you speak of and mm. they're at least sticking to their guns going, no, this player's worth this amount, that's what we'll offer. Mm-hmm. We're not just going to tip in because we've got it there. I think that's a good way to go forward. We're seeing the stronger teams get stronger. So why would you go to a team that's going to you know, be losing for the next sort of two, three years? Yeah. Well, you said it was a 28-year rebuild. Yeah, well, that's right. Ben McCoy will be 50 by the time he plays finals <laughs> if that was the case. So, yeah, no, they've still got some work to do, but they, you know, they've just got to continue to build their young list. Daisy just keeping his receipts there like that, Daisy. What about uh, Richmond? So Adam Uzo, the new coach there, been big news over the last 48 hours. And Jacob Kajitsky, who probably fell a little bit out of favour there at Hawthorne, played 12 games, kicked nine goals this year, replacing Jack Rewalt. Do you like that? No, I've got a theory. I think Jacob Kajitsky should be a defender. I think for his athleticism, his competitiveness, mm. I would put him at centre-half back mm. um, because I think he's a guy that could develop and into a defender. And Noah either, Gib- either Gibkus oh, or Noah yeah. Bolter, I would train as a forward next year to play alongside Tom Lynch. It's uh, an interesting move. Yeah, Adam Uze, what do we think? Taking over the Tigers, the right call as coach? Looking forward to it. Looking yep. forward to the opportunities being presented with and how he goes. I haven't seen a lot of his work, whether that be just in the media or, yep. or the way he goes about it, but a Great opportunity at a fantastic club. Flat for my man, Andrew McWalter, but he will bob up at another club and be a very, very important assistant coach. Any idea where? Not yet. Headed back to Moorabbin? Not sure. Yeah. Quick, St. Kilda Mafia. Quick tip in the grand final. <laughs> We've got 20 seconds. Highs, 25 plus. Highs by three points. Nick oh. Dacos will win the Normie. Oh, very good. Should be a big week for Nick Dacos. And if you're after a grand final ticket, ask one of these two. No, don't even bother. Don't, don't even, even text bother. me. And, Mum, you can piss off. I'm not getting you one either. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us on the Sunday Recovery. It has been fun. Triple M rocks finals football. This is Triple M footy Sunday Recovery. For Reem Hot Water and McDonald's, Triple M rocks finals footy.